On today's episode, we recap Thursday night football between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we make our predictions for NFL Sunday Week 8. This and much, much more time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, Elon Musk becomes chief twit. Has the World Series turned their back on the American black? And... We have our predictions for NFL Week 8, but first we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcast entertainment. You can also subscribe to us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda, get off the sideline and into the game. Speaking of Twitter and our at handle Sideline Agenda, um, Elon Musk... He is the world's richest man, as many of you know. Well, he has recently acquired the social media giant, Twitter, through a $44 billion purchase. Um, I guess he's already starting to to uh, uh, get rid of Move the uh, CEOs and m- moving on from uh, upper management and... Uh, yeah, like you said, moving himself in. I guess there was that viral video of him walking in with a sink. <laughs> so I don't know. Was he implying that he's going to be throwing everything out, including the kitchen sink? Uh, or uh, Elon Musk is now uh, head of Twitter. Let that sink in. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, that's a good one. I think it's both. It's it's like the opposite. Instead of throwing everything out, which he is, including the kitchen sink, he's bringing a whole new thing in, including the kitchen sink. So he's replacing the sink that was thrown out. And yeah, right away went in there and said uh, what Trump should have did in 2016 to all the people that were there. You're fine. Get out of here. <laughs> There's a I new just, sheriff in town. Yeah, I hope he just kind of, yeah, I hope he goes, I, I hope he cleans house and I hope that he goes through and gets rid of all the bots and all the degenerates yep. and uh you know re algorithms and, yeah those algorithms and reopens the uh the community uh center the uh the space and place where we can all have our opinions heard um you know as respectful as possible you know still not the biggest fan of trolls though it is fun to troll from time to time i mean come on but uh and, and elon musk is not somebody who is unfamiliar with trolling himself right <laughs> um but uh i have high hopes uh for this uh um, acquisition and uh i think that it's nothing good but good for our society uh but i suppose if uh, there was any anything dark and nefarious afoot uh you know it, it would be somebody like elon musk <laughs> 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 the, the people that you know suspect the least or whatever i i, I don't know yeah. but i think it's i think it's ultimately going to be a good thing yeah, I know he wants to make it into something that he's calls X. It's like the everything site, whatever that means. I mean, who knows what the guy has has planned, but apparently someday it'll be more than just, you know, tweeting random things or whatever's going on current events. There's going to be a lot more going on with it. So we'll see what happens. But to the free speech aspect, hopefully this will open things up and get some fairness going on because there's been so much disinformation in the name of quieting misinformation and disinformation we've been lied to so much and so much news has been shelved and people have been silenced and it's it's still going on so hopefully uh we'll we'll get everyone's voices heard even those you don't agree with and even those that you think are just terrible that's the whole point of of free speech people i mean absolutely you got to do the grown-up thing and uh, let somebody else have their opinion and if you don't agree with their opinion that is okay <laughs> you know it's yeah. not for you to uh passive aggressively or you know actively aggressively you know uh dictate how somebody else should think and act and, and all of those kind of things so hopefully the town square is rejuvenated um and yeah there's going to be growing pains it's you know you're you're going to hear stuff that you you, you uh, uh that, you, that might trigger you <laughs> and uh that's actually a good thing you know because it should challenge you you should always periodically challenge your belief set regardless of who you are where you come from and and have if you're in a space and place where you're being exposed to ever other thoughts and other thought practices and patterns and whatnot then that will only 
uh, challenge and reaffirm either what you previously believed or challenge what you currently believed and maybe evolve you into a different uh, line of thinking. So ultimately, it's all it's it's a good thing. Let, let's move on. So tonight, the uh, World Series begins uh, between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. The series starts in Houston. Um, uh, this was what I was afraid of uh, as, as at the beginning of uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs is that it would end up being the Houston Astros for sure and then some other team, uh, the other team respectfully to these teams in my mind was either the Philadelphia Phillies or the San Diego Padres. So the, the, the Phillies are the ones that, that, that got through. What are you thinking? Is this, are you looking forward to this, uh, this, this World Series? Is this um, worthy of... Uh, you know, uh, uh, baseball's, uh, you know, uh, pedestal, uh, if you will, is, is this, was this a matchup that we were all hoping and looking forward to? It's for sure not the matchup we were looking forward to, but you know, this is the one we got. So I think I speak for pretty much all of America outside of Houston when I say go Phillies, <laughs> yeah, go Bryce Harper, go Phillies, <laughs> you know, going for the underdog on this one. Uh, it doesn't look like Houston is, uh, you know, they're they're playing really good ball right now. So I'd be surprised if they don't win it. But, man, they're just uh, can't stand that team ever since the whole cheating scandal and the way that they didn't really show any remorse or apologize or, uh, yeah, it's just I uh, can't stand a lot of those guys. So definitely go Phillies. Um, hopefully it'll be a good series and it's not just going to be like a sweep or a five-game series. Hopefully at least get a long series out of it. This is a good matchup, guys. Uh, this is actually something I'm looking forward to as well. Actually, the first game, that's a really good uh, uh, pitcher's duel there. You got Aaron Nola and Justin Verlander. Uh, they, they match up pretty comparatively. But I was actually looking even further into the stats as far as like uh, Astros and the Phillies, and they're they're actually very very close, almost identical. Even when you you scroll through like you know batting averages, runs, hits, home runs, on base percentage, slugging percentage, they're 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 only off by a couple you know a couple decimals. They're they're pretty. Um, you know, the Astros are you have more home runs, 214, compared to the Phillies at 205. That's not too far off in the batting average. 253, you know, for the Phillies, and then Astros 248. So I think we're in for a pretty good fall classic. Um, I think we're in for a pretty good World Series, and I hope the Phillies upset them. They're under underdog coming in, and um, yeah, let's go Phillies. The other uh, issue uh, surrounding the World Series right now is uh, some some uh, probably inevitably white journalists discovered that uh, there are no U.S.-born black players in this year's World Series. Apparently, this is the first time since um, uh, 1950. Um, so uh, th this is a big, you know, uh, uh, c conflict uh, du jour um, you, you know, a, a focus point that all the virtue signalists uh, get to uh, expand upon and, and, and profess how great and sensitive they are to all of this. Um, uh, Dusty Baker, who uh, is, <laughs> is a black, U.S.-born black uh, uh, baseball player, black head coach of the, the Houston Astros, um, he he uh, w w was hit up for comment, and he was saying that uh, uh, what hurts is that I don't know how much hope that it gives some of the young African-American kids. Uh, because when I was their age, I had a bunch of guys, Willie Mays, Aaron, Hank Aaron, Frank Robinson, Tommy Davis, my hero, Maury Wills, are, are all these guys. We need to do something before we lose them. Um, uh, to me, this is much about to, to do about nothing, uh, considering that there, there was actually, or there is, a black player on the Houston Astros, um, Michael Brantley. Uh, he's outfielder, but he's injured. He's he's got a shoulder injury, so obviously he's not playing. Um, so it's it, this is just to me is a, again another uh, example of ninnying by the external corporate sports news making something where. Yes, there is uh, admittedly a decline of interest in Major League Baseball from the uh, U.S. born. Uh, American black community, but there is uh, a massive representation of those that identify as black who come from, you know, Latin America, the Dominican Republic, uh, uh, you know, all, all those various areas. So what's the problem? It's not like a situation where, you know, if you're if you're a young black kid, you, you, you still see faces that look like you. 
Um, what what do you make of this, Chris? Yeah, much to do about nothing for sure. Um, you know, if they really cared about this being a problem, then they wouldn't be drafting all these kids from overseas in the, the Caribbean and South America and whatnot. They would actually be trying to grow farm systems with the youth here. But they, you know, by and large, they want to play basketball and football. And, you know, that's what they're more geared for. And so that's where they have a lot more representation. Uh, you know, growing up when we were kids, there, there was more... Uh, American blacks in baseball, but yeah, it's just slowly dwindled and dwindled. But like you said, there's plenty of black guys in the league. They just all speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And what's wrong but, with people having their own interests? Like you're saying, interests yeah. have now gone to the NFL, gone to the NBA and increased in that yeah. area. Why can't people just, just be who they are? <laughs> yeah. They're just not really into baseball here. It's just not really, you know, it's kind of fallen off. It's not America's pastime anymore. It's all about football and basketball. Plus those are the sports, well, especially in basketball now it's ridiculous, but those guys get paid ridiculous amount of some of money. So guys want to make it to the league they want to go for basketball uh, and football make that um, money exactly so you know the sports they're going to go for the best talent because the sports teams want to win so they don't really care where you're from so yeah this is there just a, is, a media right con exactly. concoction just to stoke up some kind of racial fire that they always got to do and just just like you said ninny and nitpick and make issues where there is none i mean if black uh, if 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 american born black representation was so important to dusty baker like why didn't he put together a roster you know with uh, a, a large majority of american born black athletes you know yeah. what i'm saying like he's got no say in this are you telling me he has no say <laughs> you know maybe he was actually just more concerned with winning you know yeah. and, and so here we go this is the hypocrisy of the left you know with, with the uh like i said the, the the conflict du jour and uh i mean are we to gather that uh, american journalists sports journalists uh, are, are 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 you know professing an american first agenda here are they saying that there needs to yeah. be more of an, a nationalistic approach to uh to to major league baseball and uh, and prioritizing <laughs> a, a certain uh, those american American born people of color over, you know, those that are uh, not from here. Is this a closed borders mentality that they're professing? <laughs> you know, isn't it funny how they, 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 they swive, they swivel, they, you know, uh, the, the jig and jab, uh, you know, according to, to whatever kind of uh, uh, debate that they're trying to, uh, to win in the moment. Anyway, uh, so I'm sure that's going to be plastered all over everything tonight during the uh, game coverage. So uh, uh, fair warning, that's uh, that's coming down the pike for those of you that are going to be watching uh, the World Series tonight. Anyway, let's move on to Thursday Night Football, which happened last night between the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Ravens won this game 27-22. It started off like it was going to be uh, like, like Tom Brady was back. It, to me, it looked like uh, that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to win that one. Um, they had a great rhythm. The first half just felt like it was just just all bucks, you know, at least to my eye. Uh, but then uh, second half was a different story. Lamar Jackson and uh, that running game just uh, pecked away at uh, the Tampa Bay defense. Um, and, uh, you know, Tom, Tom Brady wasn't able to continue to exploit like he did in the first half. Uh, Marcus Peters, uh, who, who just I thought just all oh, that's Brady – should have done was just picked on Peters all night. Uh, but nonetheless, um, the Baltimore Ravens running game was able to get them back into it. Uh, and um, a couple of good throws and passes from Lamar Jackson uh, to, to, to take this win. Uh, what did you guys think of this effort? Is, is, is Tom Brady, because last we had this conversation, you know, we were a little concerned. I mean, Tom Brady threw for 325 yards, a touchdown, uh, uh, you know, 26 completions out of 44 attempts. It wasn't an awful display on Tom Brady's part, but we're, there is concern that he's fallen off. What do you think? Has he fallen off? Are the, are the Buccaneers slipping out of the conversation as far as uh, where they sit in, in, in the NFC? Um, what were your takeaways from, from last night's game? Well, the Bucks listened to me in the beginning of the game, and then they just forgot all my advice. If you listened to that last episode, I said, you guys got to run the ball. And they came out and they were running it and their offense was able to get some momentum. They was able to open some things up and they were able to go down, score a touchdown right away, went right back down, 
came up short in the red zone, which they've been doing a lot, but they were able to come away with points. And it just, that was pretty much the end of it. The, the whole rest of the game was a struggle. And uh, Brady was just going back and passing a lot. And I think it's kind of a, a combination of a couple things. Brady has definitely fallen off a little bit. He's had some th- uh, several throws in the game I saw fall short or wobble short that he doesn't typically throw like that. He might have a couple per game, but not this many and not that many consistently and, and sometimes in crucial situations. But I think a couple of those throws were also because he was expecting the receiver to cut that route short. Um, so there's several miscommunication plays, and I think that's that's really their biggest issue. And there's there doesn't really seem to be an excuse for it because Evans has been there. Godwin has been there. Julio Jones is a vet. You know, he didn't play a lot, but he played enough. So I, I don't really know exactly. I, I mean, you just got to point to uh, coaching at this point. And uh, Brady and those receivers, like, they're not getting good communication done. They're not on the same page, even though they've played together for a couple years now. Um, like, there was one where he almost threw an interception um, on the goal line when Evans – and you saw Brady was screaming after this and you even saw Evans like kind of pat his chest like, oh, that was on me, where he didn't cut the route in front of the corner. If he just turns around, I mean, it was going to be down at the one, if not a touchdown. So all a lot of little things like that. And, you know, maybe as time goes on, they'll figure them out, but it might be too little too late. They might just be losing too many games because the Ravens stuck with the run game and they eventually they just ran them down, wore them out, and they just ran all over them and were able to pretty much just march right down the field whenever they needed to. So, yeah, lots of trouble in uh, Bucks land, and it's not a good sign that it's not just that you're injured. It's also you're, you've got timing issues, and uh, Brady's arm isn't what it was, and they didn't stick to the run. It, it, I think it's a lot of different things, and they're missing Arians, I think, ironically. <laughs> they're missing yeah, well, Bruce. that coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, that's actually one of, one of the things I came to realization after watching this game was Tom Brady has to be calling these this game out here. And, and that's probably why he's such a, under such fire right now because he's taking control of this offense like he's always wanted to. He got his <laughs> way with Bruce Arians. He's out of there, right? He's got a, a, a head coach that probably can't um, even carry his jock strap. And so Tom Brady's pretty <laughs> much having his, his way with the <laughs> offense, you know, the whole game. And he's falling short. And now he's feeling the pressure. Um, the run game isn't there. And that could be Tom Brady that's just not calling run play because he wants to throw the ball. He wants to be the hero. He wants to have the touchdowns. He wants to be a league leader or, or, or career leading in, in yards and this and trying to pump up those stats, right? This all makes sense, and this is exactly the epiphany I had after watching this game. I was like, oh, no wonder. This is Tom Brady's game. He's not handing the ball off. You know, Leonard is a good running back. He's had good seasons prior to this, and for some odd reason, he's getting stuffed. Now, I know their offensive line struggles. I know they're a little weak. It's apparent. You can watch and see, but he's not getting the same feeds, and he's not getting the same results, so maybe Tom Brady's either just like, you know, making it obvious that it's a run play. I don't, we don't know. We're not at the line of scrimmage. We don't know what's going on there, but that is the difference in this game for sure. Ravens had their way. On the run game, they had their way with Tampa Bay. It was, it was these holes were pretty massive, and it was actually fun to watch I'm not a Ravens fan by any means but watching Gus Edwards out there running the ball the way he did and 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 even the other guy Kenyon Drake guys they were running all over Tampa Bay and even when they were down and that's not typical from any team that's down especially in the NFL but this team can run that the, the Ravens are fun to watch and then you have you know the triple threat um, you know Lamar Jackson where he can do a play play pass option or you know they ran some pretty cool plays I haven't seen for a very long time it reminded me of my Michael Vick out there, but then with the, the the fake option and then pass to the tight end that's um, you know halfway down the field, you know 10, 10 yards out. I mean that's it's such a beautiful play, and they they ran it so effectively. It was fun to watch. Um, and you're right, Chris. They uh, the Marcus Peters had that pick in the end zone. They obviously should have t- should have grabbed it, hit him right in the chest. And there was another one also. Tom Brady got away with two uh, in the end zone, which should have been picked um, with without any problem, but. Um, for whatever reason, this game was a little bit closer than um, I think the score reflects is it being a little closer than what it really felt like. 
Um, I know that Tampa Bay came out to an early start, but I think after the first half, uh, it felt like all Ravens. I really didn't feel like this game was close at all. And it was nice to see Tom Brady. Again, we see him kicking and screaming out there. This guy is a matured little boy. And it's fun to see because this is the Tom Brady that I feel like now he's getting exposed. Now he's not getting his way. And he's running. You can almost hear his voice, even though you can't. You can hear his voice on the field yelling at his offensive line, yelling at Evans and yelling at everyone and kicking and screaming, oh, that should have been a flag. And it just seems like every single game, even though he's yelling and crying, every single game we still get a roughing passing, uh, roughing the passer call, which is kind of weird because they, they, they threw a flag and they call a roughing a passer you know, in the fourth quarter. It was, I don't know, five, six minutes left, and it didn't look that bad. It literally looked like the guy just sacked him and, you know, pretty much just fell him. Didn't look like he he drove a a shoulder into him. But that's kind of what we're seeing. And then we hear, you know, Al Al Michaels make an excuse. Oh, for a 45-year-old, I wouldn't want to be taking that hit (laughs) if I was 19. (laughs) And that's all good and gravy. I get that. But at the same time, this is football. You know, he's out there for his own choice. And we can't water it down due to, you know, one excluded example and and then you know make the whole league sacrifice from that and that and so when i watch these games i get a little bit a little bit bothered but it's nice to see the ravens come on top i think we'll see them in the afc showdown for sure they most likely i mean isaiah likely because isaiah likely was on fire uh will probably get this division so it was it was i have to admit it was fun to watch the ravens play tonight yeah as you were you're talking i uh just thought of a couple things uh, that you know that the media they always want to try and portray a lot of these players like they're they're gods and like oh tom brady is so amazing it doesn't matter who's out there he's the goat he's just gonna be an amazing quarterback it's not true it's not true for anybody not true for jordan or james or kobe or any of them they you need good players you need guys around you and what does brady not have this season that he's always had before that always Tie something pods. you could rely on. You need tight pads. No, tie he had Gronk. He had Gronkowski exactly. because he he Gronk, loves to throw it to the pods. tight end. But also, and just as importantly, he had that other receiver that he could just run timing routes with. He had the West Walkers. He had the Amendolas. He had uh, the Anthony or Edelman. Uh, the A. Uh, a. Browns. Um, Edelman. Yeah, he had those slot guys that he could just get those little possession routes, those little five, six yarders, those little timing routes that are basically impossible to stop. He also had the running back that could come out of the out, the, the backfield to catch those little... He was mostly a dink and dunker, and he didn't really rely much on the deep ball. He had a couple seasons with Moss where he had some monster years uh, with, with some deep passes, but he still had the, the West Walker, the underneath guys. He doesn't have that, and it's kind of exposing him when he can't just drop back and get rid of it after two and a half seconds or less and he's got to, to try and drive the ball down the field it's he's not he doesn't have the arm anymore he doesn't have the timing with these guys he doesn't have the coaching staff behind him doesn't have the defense on the other side anymore to just bail him out repeatedly so it's kind of exposing him i think a little bit that yes he's a great quarterback but other guys you know if they were in that same position you know maybe they would they would be just as good uh i don't think he's offensively as far as a coordinator he's no Peyton Manning um that that guy was a a coordinator out of college it seemed like um so yeah he's really missing the slot guy and he's really missing the tight end uh because even tonight he's thrown to that tight end a lot and that guy dropped a couple passes and you know you can really see that he misses it yeah it's undeniable Um, what Gronk brought to Brady's game because if anything it was that safety net you know that's it and he had that option he had that option to you know uh scan down the field and then nothing's there throw it to gronk and to his credit gronk typically could catch the ball and he doesn't have that that uh that tool uh at the moment seemingly and and that's a that's been a big aspect of of brady's game um and it's it's not present anymore yeah, it's uh, and the other thing too is that in regards to the Ravens, um, Mark Andrews was injured, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There was two interceptions, two potential 
intercept two picks like give me's that Brady threw right first throw off uh, at the beginning of the game should have been picked that Brady threw and there was that other one I believe that was in the end zone so point is is that if those actually got because I don't know what's going on with quarterback cornerbacks cornerbacks in the league right now so seemingly they all don't know what a football is and and how to catch one um, but uh, definitely these these two uh, passes should have been picked that completely would have changed uh, the dynamic of the game as well in the sense that I don't know that this game was as close as it appeared to be um I, I think that Baltimore actually could have easily put up a couple more scores, a couple more touchdowns in this game. Um, so, so that that also makes me uh, just question um, the, the the vitality of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as as a squad. I, I feel like this was actually kind of a deceitful loss that it made it feel yeah. like they were more in this than they actually were. You look at the Ravens and you've got Lamar Jackson throwing for 238 yards, two touchdowns, but also rushing for 43. And then both, you know, Edwards and Drake, as you mentioned, Kevin, are uh, rushing above 60. And then you've got uh, Isaiah Likely receiving for 77, Robinson for 64. I mean, you, I mean, we got great spread of the ball here. Um, so I... I I don't know. I just don't think that uh, I, I think the more that I think about this game, the less confidence I actually do have in Tampa Bay, because when I was admittedly watching this game, it's like, oh, it looks like Tampa Bay's back. It looks like they've, they've figured it out and they're still uh, going to to be at least in their division, the top dog. Now, no, I don't know. I'm not I'm not so confident. Luckily for them, the division that they're in isn't all yeah, that great. <laughs> so um, there's that. But that said, uh, my confidence, the more I reflect on this game, my confidence is, 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 uh, is still still rocked. And then also, uh, Isaiah Likely and Lamar Jackson obviously have the same hairstylist. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the photo of them when they put it up on the screen. They look like twins, man. They were twinning and winning. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to move on to our predictions of what we see for NFL Sunday Week 8. But first, before we do that, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Give us a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right, we have many matchups for NFL Sunday Week 8 that we have our eye on, but we'll just start it off with the first one, the earliest game. And again, NFL is uh, is whoring itself and sending uh, two more teams to merry old London. Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars oh, will his play. Oh, majesty. Er, yeah. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently <laughs> Russell pitch, Wilson... Uh, on the flight over to London, got himself an hour-long workout. <laughs> Did high imagine? knees the whole way. <laughs> high knees. Can you imagine sitting next to God damn it, Russell, you sit your ass trying, down. Trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to watch uh, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, uh, <laughs> Anyway, well, these two yeah, teams—they're—they're they're, uh, definitely—they're definitely in need of a victory. Uh, the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars—they've uh, played better uh, than the Broncos so far, which isn't necessarily saying much. Um, and of course, they're gonna—they hope to take advantage of the fact that this game is in London because Jacksonville is very familiar with playing in London because, you know, when you're typically yeah. somewhat of a doormat of a league, they tend to ship your ass out there and, and uh, across the pond. Um, so, uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he, he's going to look to put up some numbers and perform here. Of course, we have Russell Wilson. Uh, not sure if it's going to be Wilson or uh, the, the second guy, uh, who's it, Brett Ripien? Ripien. Ripien. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Um, so, uh yeah, I'm not getting up to watch this game. I could care less uh, because if it's, uh, I, I'm hoping that the Jacksonville Jaguars win this one. But when it especially comes to a game in London, it's like uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Jaguars, I know that they're uh, minus two and a half at the moment. I'm taking the Jags, and they're going to clear the spread. What do you think? Yeah, not worth waking up at 6:30 a.m. for us here on the the West Coast to watch this one with a, with a spot of, <laughs> spot of tea and some crumpets. Yeah, yeah, and some scones. Uh, 
Yeah, this is going to be, man, it's going to be like a 17 to 13 game or something like that. You know, Lawrence doesn't seem like he can complete over 50% of his passes. And then Wilson, if he does play, doesn't seem like he can complete much of anything, let alone score touchdowns. Um, I'm going to go with the better defense on this one, though. So I think the Broncos are going to be able to finally squeak one out here. Uh, but probably a low-scoring, ugly game. But I'm going with the Broncos here. That's my first thought was the defense. How's the defense? These two offenses are too unpredictable. The Jags, though, they should have the upper hand. I mean, they should start feeling like a home game over there because they've been over there so many times. I'm not necessarily going to go with uh, who I truly believe is going to win. I'm going with who I want to win. So (laughs) I'm going to put on the Jacksonville Jaguars hat for this one. I'm going to eat some fish and chips early that in the morning, and I'm going to go for (laughs) Mr. Trevor Lawrence to have an outstanding game. Just don't throw any picks, and you should be fine. You should win this game. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this game. It's on lock. (laughs) <laughs> I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Uh, they, oh, they, they got this one. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to head to Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, the Lions, they've got a bad defense, man. And uh, Dolphins, they've got that track speed. They got the cheetah uh, in uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, and uh, they've got uh, Jalen Waddle, two two best uh, high flying receiver core there. Um, so uh, uh, some 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 fun toys for uh, Tua Talk. Go Viloa to throw to. Uh, I'm assuming that Miami, especially indoors, uh, with the uh, AstroTurf fast field, is uh, is going to let it fly. And um, I'm thinking uh, Miami's going to win this one. I'm hoping um, uh, Swift, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, is back for the for the Lions. Don't think that that'll be a difference maker by any stretch of the imagination. But at least it could make this game interesting. Uh, but as we know, the uh, the Detroit Lions are terrible, um, and uh, Miami needs to start getting some wins on the board here, and uh, they need to take advantage of this one, uh, especially in the uh, division in the AFC East where where, where they sit, because uh, they don't want to fall too much behind uh, the Bills and the Jets. So, what do you think? I'm 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 th- I'm taking Miami to uh, to win this one. Yeah, Dolphins for sure. They're a fast team. They're going to play better on the fast turf. But the Lions somehow, some way, they'll make it a close game and and give it away at the end with some dumb turnovers or something like that. But yeah, I fully expect Waddle and um, Hill to have big days, probably both going over a hundred. It just got to be a little bit, you know, it seems like every time the Dolphins play now, you're a little bit scared for Tua. Hopefully he doesn't get tackled onto that turf. Uh, But other than that, the Dolphins should handle him. I got a weird, crazy, blow your mind kind of stat. Detroit Lions, total offense, in the whole league, it's overall at number four. Oh, yeah. And the Dolphins are at number 10. Well, with that being said, I'm still taking the Dolphins. I think that they're <laughs> going to be a faster team. I um, just wanted to throw that out there because, um, obviously, the Lions' defense, they suck. Uh, they're rated at number 32. Um, and the, the Dolphins just had no problem handling the Lions, especially if they are trying to make a push to the playoffs. So. All right, well, let's head to the uh, NFC South divisional matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. This actually is somewhat of a big game for both teams, considering that uh, the NFC South, as we discussed before, is not that good. So nobody's really out of it at this point. Even the Carolina Panthers <laughs> sitting at two and five, you know, could start built, putting some wins together and, and, and find themselves back in the conversation. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it should be a, a, a good game in the sense that uh, both of these teams are going to try. Nobody, though we do know that Carolina seemingly is in that, uh, um, what's the uh, term when you just, uh, yeah, tank mode. So uh, (laughs) we'll see. We'll we'll see after this game if they're really clearly, truly in that tank mode for sure. But of course, uh, I'm I'm thinking that the Atlanta Falcons are going to win this one at home. Uh, Falcons are, uh, as far as the spread's concerned at the moment, is uh, minus four and a half. Yeah, I think Falcons are going to take this one for sure, especially at home. And uh, Falcons, yeah, they're going to be uh, first in that division. They're going to be on the front of the short bus. <laughs> Interesting enough, um, the Panthers look kind of impressive against Tom, Tom Brady <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Bucks last week. Uh, you know, what was, what was his name? Uh, uh, PJ, uh, he looked pretty good. Yeah. So. 
don't really know. It's too soon to tell. Um, I don't know. This is definitely a division rival. It's going to be a heated battle for sure. I mean, this potentially is Atlanta's in first place right now. So uh, I could foresee Atlanta coming out there and taking a fat shit on the field and having the Panthers <laughs> be tied for first or tied for, you know, this this division's crap either way you look at it. Um, love that May- Mayfield is is uh, coming accustomed to being number two for quarterback. Uh, he's not going to be starting this one. But I, I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one. This one's in Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons. They should pull this one off. Um, and if they don't, then maybe we'll be talking about Carolina in the future. All right, well, let's move on to Minnesota as the Vikings host the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are coming off a Thursday victory over the Saints, while the Cardinals are coming off of a bye. Uh, Arizona defense was uh, better against the Saints, but this is a real challenge. Uh, the Vikings offense, they're uh, looking good. They uh, are poised to put up a lot of yardage and, in turn, a lot of points. Uh, Kirk Cousins, man, he's, he's Cousins is just uh, he's he, he's the ish, man. He's uh, on a four-game win streak <laughs> along with the Minnesota Vikings. So I, I, I can't imagine this not continuing, especially with the struggling Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm picking uh, Minnesota to win this one and uh, continue uh, on rolling ahead and uh, being at the top of their division and uh, top of their game. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think the Cardinals will make a pretty good showing of it. Um, but I think the Vikings, especially with home, I think the, I think the home field will be a, a good advantage for them on this one. They'll be able to probably pull away at the end. Um, yeah, it kind of seems strange to be picking the Vikings this late in the season against um, an NFC West team. But, yeah, just kind of like what they're putting together. It almost seems like they're due for a bad game and a loss, and the Cardinals could come in there and take one. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen this time. I, I'm going with the Vikings. I agree with you guys. All right. This is the hat trick. Um, I agree with you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> the Cardinals, they have so many uh, potential injuries or, you know, guys that are going to be off the field, you know, such as James Conner um, and even their kicker, Matt Pre- Prater. You don't know if he's going to be in the game. Um, and the Vikings literally have almost no one. Uh, I think they have a wide receiver that's still kind of questionable, but I, we're anticipating that he's going to play. So I'm, I'm going with the Minnesota as well. You know, it's at home, so this is a, a, a game that just distances them themselves even further from Green Bay. So I'm seeing this. I'm seeing them get this done. All right. Well, let's head to Dallas as the Cowboys host the Bears, the Chicago Bears. They impressed uh, beating the uh, Patriots last week, uh, Justin Fields as well. Um, but this will be a big step because they're uh, heading into Dallas, taking on that Dallas defense. They got that great front four. Um, and also the Cowboys, they have a strong rushing game. Uh, and uh, the Chicago uh, defense, they, they sometimes struggle against the run. Uh, and the Bears, they're going to be on a short week. Um, so uh, on the road as well. So I, I fully anticipate the Dallas Cowboys uh, beating the Bears. I, I think that the Bears got a bit of an ego bump or boost uh, in beating the uh, Patriots in New England last week, but I don't think that that will continue. Yeah, the the Cowboys, I think, were a little bit scared of the Bears coming in as far as their run game because uh, the Cowboys haven't been all that great against the run. So they made that trade for that guy from the Raiders uh, to try and you know plug the middle a little bit because he is a wide load, so he can plug that middle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Justin Fields. He had a, a a good game against the Patriots because their pass rush could not get home. The Cowboys are not going to have that problem. They've got much better pass rush, so I think the Cowboys are are definitely going to control this game and take it pretty easily. Hate to say it, but agree with you guys. The Cowboys should get this one no problem. Justin Fields is definitely overrated. Um, the only one that's going to keep anybody in this game is probably, what, Montgomery at the running back for the Bears. Don't see it happen. Defense uh, for the Cowboys is actually pretty impressive. Uh, the Cowboys should run away with this, especially in Dallas. 
All right. Well, the Los Angeles, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to head to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Raiders, well, they managed to beat the Houston Texans last week to get their second win on the season. Uh, the Saints themselves have only two wins as well. Um, but uh, the Raiders, they're they're going to have a bit more of a challenge uh, facing the Saints on the road. Uh, New Orleans will have uh, been rested after losing last Thursday and have should have some injured players back. The Saints defense hasn't been good, but this is the game where they will start to turn it around because when you play the Las Vegas Raiders, it seems like it's almost an automatic W <laughs> unless you're just <laughs> terrible, which I suppose the, the jury's still out on the New Orleans Saints. I expect them to win this game, the Saints, and beat the Raiders at home in New Orleans. Yeah, I think this de depends on what kind of game plan the Raiders are going to have. If they take my advice and they run the ball, they ride Jacobs, Raiders should be able to pull this one out. But if they want to try and make this into a David Carr and Devontae Adams show, you know, the Saints are, are going to take it. You know, uh, They've got a lot of weapons that they can use at home. They just seem to play so much better. And, uh, yeah, so I think it depends on what Raiders team shows up. Yeah. Um, if I got to make a pick here, I, I don't know. I just think the the Raiders are actually going to win this one. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, this is, a, this is a good one, guys. These teams kind of suck, and their teams, uh, and, and actually their star players kind of suck too. Um, and let me explain on that because it just seems like if you're going through the roster with the Raiders, you have so many questionable, you know, players that are actually their star players. Devontae Adams missed two two uh, full practices, never even suited up. Uh, Darren Waller, another one's going to be potentially um, on the IR for that game. Who knows? He might play. Josh Jacob, another one that's questionable. He probably will play, but another one that's questionable for the Raiders. And then on the other side of the ball, you have Michael Thomas is still questionable. Jarvis Landry. You have the tight end, uh, Troutman. So, I, I mean, at this point, it's like I know that the New Orleans will probably come out with Andy Dalton. But then again, if I was New Orleans, maybe I'd you know start Hill back there instead and, and kind of run with him and see if that can open up the offense for you and, and gain some momentum. Um, you would think that New Orleans should have an upper hand, especially playing at home, but their defense is very weak. They're very subpar. They're not something that what we inspected, uh, expected in the beginning of the season. Uh, this is definitely a toss-up, uh, but uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm again. I'm not gonna go for with who I think's gonna win. I'm gonna go with who I want to win, which is the New Orleans Saints. I think they're gonna do it at home, and uh, I love to see me a good Raider loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if Jacobs isn't going for the Raiders, uh, Saints for sure. Oh, you can't do that, man. You made your pick already. <laughs> you, you can't you can't back um, up. No Indian giving. <laughs> no Indian giving your pick. You're part Cherokee, so you, so, uh, you can say that. I can say that. Um, anyway, uh, so, well, let's move on to the Battle of Pennsylvania. No, I'm not referring to uh, Fetterman and Dr. Oz. Uh, hello, good night. <laughs> <laughs> but rather Pittsburgh Steelers. And the gonna, inflation uh, rate. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was Social Security. You want to cancel Social, Social Security. Security, sir? This is my this is my ending comments. Please be quiet. <laughs> no outbursts from uh, from the. <laughs> <laughs> from the baby Ruth guy. Pittsburgh Steelers are uh, heading to Philadelphia to take on the undefeated Eagles. Eagles recently uh, made that trade. Um, they uh, uh, For uh, defensive end uh, Robert Quinn, they acquired him from the Chicago Bears in exchange for a 2023 fourth round pick. Um, obviously don't know if he'll be suited up for this game or not, but that's, that's obviously going to be a big deal. But let's table that for the moment. Um, you know, the Steelers, uh, they're... Uh, Playing their second straight road game, um, and the uh, Eagles—they're coming off of a bye, so they should be well rested and ready to uh, to eat the Steelers' lunch. Um, I, Steelers are rolling, man. Excuse me, the Philadelphia Eagles are rolling. Like I said, I see them—you know—definitely going nine and zero. Uh, probably fifteen and two is my pick for their uh, entire season record here. I totally expect them to uh, beat the Steelers and beat them well. Uh, so does Vegas. They have the Eagles uh, minus eleven. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles here. 
Yeah, the, the, you, the Eagles are all in this year. Uh, Quinn was a big pickup, and I would I would be surprised if he doesn't play. That just gives them another guy that can get after you. And uh, he's maybe not a great number one passer, but as a secondary pass rusher, he's he's deadly. I mean, 18 and a half sacks last year. We saw what he was with the Rams, with Donald. So great pickup for them. Uh, yeah, I fully expect the Eagles to really control this game, especially at home. I don't think the Steelers are going to sneak up on them at all. Uh, you know, Steelers still with their their rookie quarterback. They're they're just they don't have the talent this year. So barring any kind of really weird game where there's a lot of strange um, like returns or uh, fumbles and interceptions and whatnot, tip balls. I think that's the only way the Steelers could stay in this game. So yeah, I think the Eagles will dominate this one. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this one short and simple. I think it's uh, the numbers don't lie. So the Steelers uh, points per game. Uh, you know, they give up 15.3. Uh, um, or excuse me, they score fifteen point three. The Eagles they score twenty six point eight. You uh, want to cancel with- Social Security? <laughs> <laughs> Points allowed per game. The Steelers twenty three point one. Um, the Eagles seventeen point five. Uh, the numbers don't lie. I'm going with the Eagles. Hello. Good night. All right, so let's move on to New England Patriots. Uh, they're going to head to New York to take on the Jets. The Patriots, they're playing on a short week and uh, played awful in losing to the Bears. Uh, and, of course, Bill Belichick was doing his old circus act of uh, quarterback juggling on Monday night. The uh, Jets, they are back home after winning two road games. But they have suffered some big injuries, including the rookie running back, Brees Hall. Uh, That's going to matter down the road, but potentially not here against the Patriots. Um, And I do know that the uh, Jets did acquire uh, Robinson, right, from... um uh, from Jacksonville, I believe, as a running back. So I don't know, again, if he'll be plugged in to the scheme just yet. But uh, Jets, they've got that great defense, that great secondary. Um, and you've got the struggling issues, the quarterback issues happening in New England. I believe Mac Jones is supposed to get the nod and, and the start, but but I don't think anybody knows. Hell, I don't even think Bill Belichick knows at this moment. So um, I don't, I'm going against I'm going against Belichick. I'm, I'm picking the Jets to win this one at home. Yeah, the Jets keep burning me every time I pick against them. They keep proving me wrong. So I'm going to pick them this time, and then the damn Patriots. Yeah, that's right. So (laughs) (laughs) I think the Jets, they're more put together. Uh, You know, they're they're hungry, so they're they're liking where they're at. They're going for it. So I think they're going to continue to ride this momentum. Um, Is the Jets quarterback going to be able to make some of those plays like, uh, you know, Fields was able to against the Patriots? That kind of remains to be seen. So I think it's actually going to be a pretty tight game. Um, But, yeah, with the Jets defense, the way they've been able to uh, have some second half, um, fourth quarter wins, I, I, I think they'll be able to pull this one out. I see what you're saying, Chris, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reap the rewards here with your pick, and I'm gonna go the opposite <laughs> way. I'm just gonna pick the Patriots, just because you picked, you know, the Jets, and that's it. That's it. I got the Patriots. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Tennessee Titans—they're going to uh, head to Houston and take on the Texans. The Titans—they have pretty much taken command of the AFC South at this moment, and I believe that everybody thinks that they're they're definitely the favorite at this point. Houston has shown some bright spots and some improvement on offense uh, with Davis Mills. Um, you know, Titans—they uh, they took down the Colts, kind of eliminated them from the conversation. Matt Ryan has been eliminated from the Colts, uh, placed on the, at least on. On, on bench um so uh titans are, are are finding their uh momentum have found their momentum derrick henry is is back to being the factor that he is and also believe it or not you know they're on a four game win streak as well so i expect that to continue i totally see the tennessee titans uh beating houston uh the houston texans in houston yeah, the Titans are rolling. They they got their game plan down. They know what they're doing, and they're just going to go out and execute it. Texans, you know, they're another team that's in pretty much tank mode. I wouldn't be surprised if they start unloading off some assets here in the next week. Um, so I think te- Titans should for sure dominate this one with the run game. And uh, yeah, the Texans, you know, they they're in it. They're tank year. So. Uh, expect Henry to get his 100 and Tannehill to throw for his 150. <laughs> and barring no crazy fumbles and picks, uh, should easy Titans day. 
Yeah, uh, actually, the Titans' Tannehill is actually questionable. Um, we're probably expecting him to play on Sunday, at least suit up. I don't think he's got to do very much. I think everyone knows what he's going to do. He's going to hand the ball off. And why wouldn't he, guys? He's going to hand the ball off um, to Derrick Henry. You know, Houston, they have, they're ranked dead last in run defense. So we're expecting a big game out of Henry. He should have, you know, gaping holes, and he should be running all over the field and three, four touchdowns, hopefully, and then over 100 yards, and Tannehill will have a pretty much easy day. And they should uh, run away with this game, literally. Yeah, classic classic Titans, exactly. Uh, Low-throwing Tannehill, high-rushing numbers uh, uh, Henry, and it just seems like it's uh, – set up perfect for that all right new york giants uh they are heading to seattle to take on the seahawks this is a long trip for a second straight road game for the giants um they're also their offensive line is uh is banged up um and uh the giants aren't very good at uh stopping the run and the seahawks they've been able to run it a lot lately uh speaking about uh, kenneth walker the third um i i believe that uh the seattle seahawks are going to continue and they're going to hmm. beat the new york giants because gino the quarterback of the seattle seahawks why it's gino smith <laughs> yeah, their Seahawks are they're rolling. They're they got their offense playing really well. They're at home. Everyone knows the twelfth man in Seattle. It's a tough place to play. I thought the Giants were gonna drop one last week because I just thought they were due, and it got a yard short of that. So I think this week is the one that they're gonna drop. Uh, I mean, who knew Seattle was gonna be you know, a, a tough team this deep into the season? Uh, but it just goes to show you if you got some good receivers out there and you got a run game. You know, you can give your quarterback some time, and even if it's Geno Smith, he can look elite out there. Uh, so, yeah, I think Seattle takes this one. Oh, this is a good one, guys. I think all eyes are going to be – or most eyes are going to be flipping uh, the channel between this one and, you know, the other NFC showdown that we'll probably talk to about uh, pretty soon. Well, I'm kind of on the edge on this one, guys. We don't really know uh, how the Seahawks are going to um, – combat the running game for from the Giants we don't know how the Giants defense are gonna combat Geno Smith you know we maybe Geno Smith is is all what we think he is or maybe he's just you know red hot at the moment and just needs to see a good defense you know to kind of put him in his place this is going to be one of those games that's very telltaling for both teams actually to see how elite these teams seemingly are Um, you have Seahawks are in riding in first place in their division and then the Giants are making a, a just an amazing push we haven't seen this for a very long time since Eli Manny Manny days so um, I'm gonna go with my gut on this one I think defense are are gonna win and I've been pretty impressed with the Giants defense I think the Giants are gonna go in there kind of surprise everyone go into Seattle and then um, you know kind of bring Geno Smith down to down to down to you know earth level and uh, I think that'll be enough of that I think we'll see a a new top contender in that division uh, that may um, you know, come up after this weekend is over, but I'm going to go with the Giants on this one. Statement game. And it's true, Kevin. It's a good point. You know, Saquon Barkley is definitely the wild card in this for sure. Uh, and wouldn't that be wild to have the New York Giants, the 7-1 and one New York Giants? I just, it just makes my brain hurt just saying it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and on a side note, um, New York Giants, they sent wide receiver Kadarius Tony to your Kansas City Chiefs there, Kevin. Um, so yeah. that should be a valued addition that, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get into at a later date. All right, Tony, Washington. Tony, 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 Tony. Washington Commanders <laughs> at Indianapolis taking on the Colts. This is going to be that ty- Taylor Heineke uh, against Sam Ellinger uh, uh, quarterback battle. Uh, can't wait for that. Uh, of course, the Colts, they sat Matt, Matty, put Matt Ryan on ice and uh, opted to start uh, Sam Ellinger. Even over um, uh, Foils, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Nick, uh, Foles. Nick Foles. Foles. <laughs> I said Foils. Super Nick Bowl Foles. MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Nick <laughs> Foles is who we're talking about. You better get the story straight. Um, so uh, this will be uh, all eyes are going to be on this as far as uh, what Sam is going to bring to the table. Uh, we were talking about this last week. I just want to remind everybody because uh, we were all somewhat confused about this decision by Frank Wright. But uh, Frank definitely has um, 
the, uh, the, 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 the itchy finger when it comes to uh, uh, <laughs> moving on from quarterbacks. I just wanted to read this real quick in regards to uh, the, the amount of quarterback changes that has, has happened under Frank Reich since 2018. You had Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and now Sam Ellinger. So, uh, yes, like I said, uh, he, he definitely uh, uh, seems to be relatively impatient when it comes to the quarterbacks. Um, so the, the commanders, they've won uh, their two, two straight, and uh, their defense is definitely playing better. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to go with the commanders here in Indy, uh, um, uh, beating the Colts and just really just putting that entire city into a massive frenzy and uh, probably the ultimate demise of Frank Reich as the, their head coach. Yeah, they put Matt Ryan in the cryogenics chamber. <laughs> and <laughs> I, think, I think the commanders are going to go in there and take it, and then everyone's going to be crying saying, bring Ryan back yeah. up, I'm out. Don't so. change horse midstream. <laughs> uh, let him finish on his horse right off into the sunset. Uh, yeah, I think the commanders make it three straight. And uh, but this this game, bottom line is, I mean, who cares? <laughs> these both these teams yeah. aren't going anywhere. <laughs> just the only entertaining aspect of it is you got these two backup quarterbacks and just kind of see what kind of drama unfolds from that. But uh, yeah, I'm going with the commanders. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, honestly I'm gonna go with the home field on this one. I think uh, the Indiana Colts, uh, Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> um, that's how much I, I'm, I care about this game. Um, well, it's in Indiana, <laughs> Indianapolis. Yeah, that is <laughs> Indianapolis. Um, uh, I think they're gonna win by three points. This is my guess. I think it's gonna be a 14-13 kind of game, um, and uh, maybe we'll see some special out of this. You know, old Texas star. You know, Sam. Ellinger, whatever. Um, I don't. I'm not really predicting anything other than just a kind of a boring game, and I I probably won't. You know, watch okay, too so, much. Okay, so in, you got nothing. You got nothing to offer here. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't. We I got don't. all right. Here, he, get, picking up on you loud and clear. All right, let's move on. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at Los Angeles taking on the Rams. This is of course going to be a huge divisional matchup. Uh, the NFC West. Um, between the Rams, you know, uh, who have lost to the 49ers earlier this year, and they're coming off of a bye, the Rams, and they are rested. They've gotten some of those elements that they've been missing. I know that they're expecting uh, some offensive line to return. Uh, I believe uh, Jefferson, wide receiver, is expected to return. So this this is going to be good. Um, but the 49ers, they have, they have the, the great pass rush uh, that has disrupted, always disrupts Matt. Stafford in their passing game and Kyle Shanahan just you know he he owns Sean McVay let's just be real so I as a Rams fan might have clouded judgment here but I think that off of the bye off of the rest I this is going to be a close one uh, unfortunately, even though this is at home, there's not much of a home field advantage, as we all know here in Los Angeles, especially uh, against the 49ers. It's going to be a sea of red in the stands. But that said, uh, I, I believe that the Rams pull this one out. It's going to be tight. I think it's going to be like a three-point game, you know, but uh, I think I'm picking the Rams for the win. Yeah, I actually agree. I think the time off did them well. They were able to get a little bit of momentum going into the bye week with uh, you know, Robinson having a pretty decent game. Um, getting uh, Allen back, the center, is going to be huge. And getting that extra receiver out there, just going to open things up even more. And Stafford already has some rapport with him. Um, would like to see them be able to run the ball with Henderson. So hopefully they're going to actually you know, not abandon that immediately. But it's, it's going to be great to finally see you know, Cup out there, Jefferson, Robinson, and uh, Higby, and maybe we'll start to see some of that old Rams offense that we're used to. But, yeah, the, the, the 49ers, they beat them seven times in a row in the regular season. So it's kind of hard to pick against that streak. But all streaks got to come to an end sooner or later. The game in San Francisco was actually pretty close if you take away two plays where the Rams just forgot how to tackle. Other than that, it was a really close game. So I know that's not really home field advantage on this one, sadly enough. But it, there, there should be enough of a home field 
Uh, I think the turf is going to help as well, help kind of speed things up for the Rams because the 49ers, they play on grass. Uh, so I, I think that's going to give the Rams enough of an edge. They're finally going to get some confidence and, and beat the 49ers and feel real good about the rest of the season. Yeah, no offense to all you Commanders and Colts fans out there, but the guys, this is played at the same time slot as this game here. This is the one I'm excited about. This is the one I'm watching, baby. This is the one. This is all for the division, obviously. This, These two games, this is a huge game, and it's in L.A. Um, it's going to be hard to, to go against the Rams. I, I'm kind of foreseeing what the Rams um, are. They're going to do exactly what they did to the you know Frisco, um, what they did in, last year in the playoffs. Um, they're going to come out there. They're going to punch him in the mouth, and and you know uh, Frisco's going to be forced to have to play catch up. Um, and I, I loved, I, dude, I loved the whole energy behind this game this whole week. You know, they're they're you know talking about Christian McCaffrey and um, did he take the you know his trade personal and this and that. And he said, yeah, I got a chip on my shoulder, and I, I of course I could take it personal. And so it, we're gonna get best of both worlds here. You got the Rams coming off of a bye. How can you not be hyped about this game, guys? This is gonna be awesome. I am going with the Rams for sure in LA. They're gonna get. Uh, get back in the win column uh, they're going to get, get, get uh, control over this division and uh yeah we'll, we'll see the rams in first place at the end of this week that rams defensive front four too probably is equally invested in that uh, christian mccaffrey uh talking point you know what i'm saying like uh because it de- was did come down pretty much to the Rams or the 49ers in regards to where he could go. And so uh, I, I, I'm assuming that uh, the, that front four, Aaron Donald and, and, and the boys are going to look to make an example of uh, Christian McCaffrey in any way that they can and, and hope to hold him down to uh, very small numbers. Um, and obviously uh, that running game for the 49ers will look to do the opposite. So it, it's, I mean, it's a classic NFC West yeah. uh, divisional rivalry. Uh, I think we, we we can definitely call it that, um, and uh, it always makes for high drama, a little bit of uh, hair pulling, and um, uh, uh, a, a wave of emotions. We'll just say that. <laughs> so it'll be a good one. <laughs> looking forward to that, and I totally hear you, Kevin. Uh, definitely looking forward to that one over the uh, the Colts and the Commanders. All right, well, let's move to Sunday night. Sunday night football. This game, this matchup between the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills uh, seemed like a marquee matchup before the season began. Uh, Now, not so much. So the Packers are going to head to Buffalo. Um, They are 3-4 and and obviously completely struggling. There's been words said that uh, Aaron Rodgers made mention that some players maybe shouldn't even be on the field. (laughs) There's there's drama obviously (laughs) happening in Green Bay. Uh, The Bills, they're, they're coming off of a bye, so they'll be rested and they've looked great on offense uh of course this season you know i don't see the packers going into buffalo and um doing much here i I, i'm foreseeing a josh allen uh buffalo bills offensive clinic an embarrassing loss for discount double check aaron Rodgers. um and also too just because this is like some fate shit happening he's gonna throw some picks and he's gonna look bad and the story's gonna be like well geez maybe you shouldn't lash out against your fellow uh, uh teammates there aaron looks like you have some room for improvement too i don't know am i crazy what do you think uh, uh definitely <laughs> definitely taking uh, the bills on this one yeah this is uh kind of like the uh oh the, the the chicken walking into the the wolves den <laughs> I mean, this is a bad time for the Packers to have to go in into Buffalo to uh, play the Bills. I mean, the the Bills are, if not the best team in the league, they're one of the best three teams in the league. And uh, the Packers are obviously reeling this year. Their offense, similar to Tampa, they just can't get the timing right, the little details they can't get right. And uh, Rodgers is not, uh, not too zen with uh, some of his supporting cast teammates calling him out, uh, which kind of seemed to be a weird thing that's going on nowadays where you got these guys immediately after a game, they go on and they do a podcast and just start talking about all this stuff. It's like, ah, it just doesn't seem right to me. It seems weird. Uh, I don't know as, well, as a teammate how I really feel podcast. about that. But if, if they came yeah, on this, this podcast, podcast of course, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers, come on here and vent all you want. 
you know, Dream on Green, whoever, all you guys out there that got your podcast and you need it after games, you can come on here and sideline some agendas. But um, if you got the stones, uh, <laughs> but yeah, bad time, bad time for Rogers to go into Buffalo and get a butt kicking. <laughs> Green Bay's going to be walking the green mile. <laughs> Dead man walking. They're going into Buffalo. Yeah, they better be saying their prayers right now because uh, this is a beatdown that's coming. Um, the Green Bay, based off of last week and even previous weeks, they're completely sloppy out there. They don't have an identity. Um, they're getting away from Aaron Jones, and I think he's probably the best player that's on this offense. Um, maybe aside from Rodgers, but um, as far as the, the skill positions, you got to get Aaron Jones involved, and I just don't see that uh, Aaron Jones will have much of a difference going up against this Buffalo Bill defense. Um, Stephon Diggs is probably going to be um, obviously his fa- the favorite target from for Josh Allen, and um, yeah, the Bills are going to run away with this in Buffalo. Um, we're going to see an ass-kicking, and, and that's that. Yeah, uh, it's I don't know. I feel bad for Brady or Brady. I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, uh, just because I feel like he's just like you said. He's 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 marching into the uh, to the wolf's den, and and he's he's definitely the uh, the lamb to the slaughter here. Yeah, because uh, the media already doesn't like him, so exactly. if they get a chance to go after him, they're going to go after him. Definitely, they'll they're going to be rooting uh, against him for sure, and then uh, reveling in the uh, in, in the display, <laughs> and <laughs> so. Well, we wish him the best. Who knows? This has been one of those seasons. You never know, That's actually. True. You have yeah. no idea. Uh, anything's possible. And so um, I, I guess uh, don't don't count your chickens until they come home to roost. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends about the show. Like, subscribe. Do all the things. You know the things. Uh, and follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. I'm Scott. That's Kevin. And that's Chris. And this is Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.